0: Hey guys, it's Alfredo, and this is Brian, and this is Film Purgatory. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. This week we're going into uh, a what, like a like an old school animation style, more childhood, more childhood, childhood memories. I guess it's subjective t- childhood memories, but a uh, couple bangers, good movies that we're going to talk about today. We'll be covering the Iron Giant and The Road to El Dorado. I got some qualms with the latter movie. Yeah? I don't know, I just felt like the casting. The casting. You don't like the casting? Hmm, not sure.
1: Is it the pronunciation of one of the actors' names? <laughs> I, would,
0: I would be the majority of it, yes, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, well you might as well start with that one. Like, let's start with The Road to El Dorado. Uh, this movie was made in 2000. 2000. It's an adventure animation film directed by three different directors. I think that's another reason why it doesn't sit too well with me. It has how many directors? Three different directors. Huh. Uh, Bibo Bergeron. Okay. Bergeron. I'm sorry, Bebo. That's good. That's good enough. He's the guy who made Shark Tale. Okay. So he's... Uh, Well, versed with the animated movie. Somewhat. This would be one of his earlier ones, but Mm -hmm. then he made Shark Tale later on. Definitely. Don Paul and Jeffrey Katzenberg. Both Don Paul and Jeffrey have not made a movie. Like, they've never directed a movie.
1: Up until this point.
0: Yeah, that's the only film they've ever directed. That's it. So they just made it and dipped? Exactly. Nice. So, you know know what Don Don Paul reminds me of? Who?
1: No, it reminds me of Don Pan.
0: Is it what? Don pan, you know the, the Oh basic. yeah. I thought you were going to say Don Julio. Nah. No, like don't a know. drink. Don pan. Yeah, a know. drink. Shots. Shots. Casting this one. I mean I'm going to let you I'm going to let you lead off the cast cuz like <laughs> for obvious reasons.
1: Okay, so we have Kenneth Breno, which we confirmed is the pronunciation. Yes,
0: we did confirm that. G
1: and H are silent at the end so mm. Kevin Brana as Miguel
0: that's the guy from the bad guy from Tenet correct yeah
1: he is a con artist and friend because there's two protagonists he's one of the protagonists the other one is Tulio mm. voiced by Kevin Klein both of these guys are best friends mm. they're con artists and this movie takes place in 1500 Spain right if I remember correctly so they're con artists They get into trouble very early in the movie. It kind of starts off quick, and they gotta, you know, they gotta escape on some boat. Mm. Turns out it happens to be Hernan Cortes's boat, the Mm. great, you know, conqueror of of the Mayans or, you know, I forget the exact type of Indian that they conquered. Conquistador. Yeah, so he's one of the famous ones. You know, we still learn about him in the in the history books. Right. So that's pretty cool little reference in the Mm. movie. Uh, They get into trouble. Obviously, they wind up in some. Mayan or Aztec, whatever, in Temple, and, you know, they just go on this crazy adventure um, with a little bit of drama.
0: Right. I mean, they, they are looking for El Dorado. I believe it's Miguel who has the, the map to El Dorado. That yeah. was their intention the whole time, mm-hmm. and they just so happened to find it by accident. Right. So it turns out that the map they had was was pretty spot on, but uh, these people see them as gods. Right because of some prophecy that they, they correct they it, that. it
1: was i was reading it was because they saw uh they had an uh, not an engraving but what do you call that like a like, like, a, hieroglyph- like a hieroglyph.
0: etched, huh? etched in stone or right like etched in stone, stone
1: right. a, a picture right of this man on a, on a horse two uh, men on two men right so they see tulio and miguel on i think his name was altuvio the the, 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 the horse yeah and they're like oh shit you know that's our gods that's the prophecies being fulfilled right um so of course they see them and they assume they're gods uh the girl that they happen to stumble upon gets kind of mixed in with them so she's safe she was being chased by guards and basically they get treated like gods and some volcanoes erupting and it stops when in the middle of their argument and so everybody's convinced even more Mm. and you have the two main players which would be the chief right tana book tana book
0: played by edward james Omos. There you go. So the guy from Stand and Deliver.
1: <laughs> and you have the priest.
0: Yeah, that's... I forgot how to pronounce I'm it. Not, I'm not really sure. I'm not going to pronounce it. <laughs> we give up. Go. The bad guy. The bad guy. I'm just going to so. say the bad guy.
1: There you go. He will eventually, yeah, becomes the bad guy when they're, when they're exposed as
0: not gods. Right. As mortals. Because yeah, he... I, I think it was Miguel that started to bleed. And he's yes. like, oh, hold up. Gods don't bleed. What the fuck is this? Correct, correct. Chell was so fine. I just want to point that out there. Chell childhood crush hmm. played by Rosie Perez she was the cop from Pineapple Express
1: I don't remember that movie too well since it's been so long I remember her as most recently being in Birds of Prey ah but but I'm not familiar with her at all so like that's all I know her from
0: she was in White Man Can't Jump with Wesley Snipes and, and oh, that, was a, that was way back that was a good movie though I haven't a good, seen it it's it's, nine, it's very heavily 90's movie yeah like I don't know the nineties, but like it was it's pretty old. Um This is DreamWorks first film that did not earn a profit. This movie bombed. Yeah. Movie <laughs> bombed hard. Um I guess my biggest thing, my biggest qualm with this movie would be the casting. In the sense that You know, you have two two English guys playing Tulio and, and Miguel. Correct. I don't know, man. That was just weird. You can like I get the production team wanted Antonio Banderas, and Antonio Banderas said no for an undisclosed reason. But, like, I'm sure that there are plenty of other guys that at least sounded more like a, a Tulio and a Miguel.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, Kenneth is, is a sir. He's Correct. Sir Kenneth Brayno. So it's like, come on, man. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Rosie
1: is closer to accurate, I would yeah, say. I, w- I would say that, yeah. For Chell, but... But yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I agree. I kind of agree when you when you look at the characters and their voices, right? And then you look at the voice actors. You go, wait a minute. Yeah. You could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done better. At least like throw in a couple of Spanish. Ter- I don't know. I'm not really sure. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, it, but you know, it is what it is. It's still a 2000 film, so they weren't by, behind the scenes. They weren't. They didn't care too much about accuracy of, of the characters and all that. So, I guess they felt these two guys could do it. They chose them, and in the end, the the film bombed. So like. At the time,
0: I'm sure Antonio Banderas was like that was a good decision. I think maybe that's why he thought, but I don't know. I, you would know that um, Adam Sandler was uh, considered for Tulio.
1: That would have been funny.
0: <laughs> that would have been worse though. Would have been worse. Yeah. It would have been funny. Like he would have probably like had some funny moments with it, but like it would have been. It would have looked even worse. Yeah. It's like damn, man. But I feel
1: like because it's, it's Adam, we would have forgave. We would have been like, ah, it's funnier. <laughs> like, we appreciate it a little more.
0: IMDb gave this movie a 6.9 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes a 48 percent. Shit, I gave it a 6.5. I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's, remember, it's a, it's a kid's movie. I remember going to Burger King, getting a Happy Meal, and I got like the little, little bull or something. I don't even know what it had to do with the movie, but still. (laughs) Um, it's a kid's movie. So, with that in mind, I'd give it a 6.5. It's not terrible. I showed my nephew this movie like not too long ago he loved it oh what he loved it okay. he loved it yeah not not a big fan of the of the singing but still he liked it you know so. that's
1: good yeah it i'm not a this. big fan of the singing so i'm with him there right i don't know why i'm just when it comes to musicals whether it be live action or or cartoons work a lot of cartoons tend to have it right uh especially like these disney films the older ones so right. i've never been a fan of it it's a it's a big turn off but i tried since it's such a easy turn off for me i try to look past it and just grade The rest of it, you know, so I'll give it a seven. I thought this film uh, Mainly mainly because in hindsight, let just a little tidbit mainly because this film was Was rejuvenated thanks to meme culture, you know, we had a lot of gifts and 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 memes created from this film Back in, like, the late 2010s, early, uh, sorry, late 2000s, early 2010s, mm. when memes really took off. I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of, like, El Dorado memes and gifs.
0: Nah, no, I don't remember that. No? no? Yeah, it was
1: one of the earlier uh, bloop- blueprints, or I guess you would call them. Because, you know, they also had the the Game of Thrones. I don't know if you remember, that one was used a lot. I remember Sean that Bean. one. Bean. Yeah. So, like, that was, you know, it was, it was around that time, that culture. Okay. And this film, because also through that time gained a co-following so even though like I said at the time it was terrible it's like it bombed right. but it has a strong following now and a, strong, and a lot of us they say they, they attribute the internet actually for a big reason why this film uh, is still popular amongst the millennials
0: yeah I mean at the end of the day it's, it's our childhood um, subjective childhood obviously not everyone grew up with these movies correct but yeah we just so happen to align with the timeline of this these movies coming out in our childhood right. so yeah I've, I mean it's a good childhood movie. I remember. It's not a bad movie. No, like, no. If you play it, I'll, I'll have it in the background. I don't care. Not like the next entry on this, this week's list. or th- Not like the next entry, The Iron Giant. This movie. You can't have it in the background. You can't. You have to watch this movie. It's, it's fantastic. Um, from 1999, family adventure film as well. Directed by Brad Bird. You guys may know Brad from The Incredibles, one and two. He directed Ratatouille, one of my personal favorite films. I love Ratatouille, and Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. That was so weird. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that is random. Yeah. Casting this one very limited, but it um, it holds well. Vin Diesel, we have mentioned this before. Vin Diesel, or Vin, Unleaded Fuel, plays the voice of the Iron Giant. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston is the mom, Annie Hughes. Christopher McDonald. He's Kent Mansley. Christopher is from Happy Gilmore. Shooter McGavin. Which, which guy? Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin, okay. Yeah, I'm a big
1: fan of uh, Happy Gilmore.
0: Yeah. And, uh, john mahoney john was the general in this movie john you can uh see him in primal fear and in Frasier. he was the father in frazier was the old man in frazier okay
1: not familiar with that show i've heard of it over the years i don't think i've ever seen a clip of it or a second of it it's just
0: i saw it when i was uh when i was younger um you know like 1 a.m when you're a kid you want to stay up mm-hmm. so like they would play it and i would see some episodes so stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, it's very smart, you know, it's a smart show, but it's like, damn, man. It's like, what am I doing, you know? What are you Why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in this film, a giant robot crash lands on Earth from an unknown origin and is discovered by a young boy named Hogarth. Hogarth Hughes. Um,
1: is there a worse name for a character?
0: Well, actually, Hogarth, his last name, because this movie was based off of a children's book called The Iron man not the MCU Iron Man but not to be confused yeah the Iron Man and and that book was by Ted Hughes so Hogarth Hughes was uh, his last name was given as tribute to the the original writer British poet Ted Hughes wow but yeah stupid name Hogarth Hogarth I think that was his name in the book too Hogarth
1: imagine, imagine being born and Hold your that. parents are like, we're going to name him Hogarth.
0: <laughs> so as Hogarth teaches the, iron, or the Giants about the world and life, Kent Mansley is sent by the government to investigate the anomalies surrounding the Giants. So eventually, when faced with violence, the Giant overcomes the urge to destroy. Because At the end of the day, he is here. He was designed to destroy. Uh, he chooses to be good, just like Hogarth taught him. I mean, like mentioned before, this movie was based off of a children's book, uh, The Iron Man. So The Iron Man was written by Ted Hughes, and it was specifically written for his children, uh, his two children, to help cope with the death of their mother, his wife, Sylvia Plath. So Sylvia unfortunately committed suicide. And he wrote this book to try to help console their children. Which really gives uh, a lot more meaning or a lot more weight to a lot of these lines. In specific, you stay, I go, no following. That all of a sudden becomes a lot more significant. Those are some of the lines that Hogarth tells the giant and vice versa towards the end of the film. Um, So that in and of itself is already an emotional attachment directly to this movie. But on top of that, when Brad Bird pitched this idea to Warner Brothers, he, he did so, um, I should know, when Brad Bird pitched this idea to Warner Brothers, he wanted to convey an idea that a gun with a soul, or what if a gun had a conscience? A gun not wanting to be a gun anymore. In this case, the Iron Giant is the gun. And he did so um, almost as a tribute to his sister passing due to gun violence from her estranged husband. So Brad Bird's sister died from gun violence. And so he made this movie to try to promote anti-gun or something like that.
1: But, oh yeah, I mean I, I can I can imagine he read uh Ted Hughes' novel or was it was a novel or a children's book you said? It was a
0: children's book, but there's not really much that has to do with it. Like I can see it's based off of it, but I can easily say that I mean reading the synopsis of the Iron Man, it's really, really loosely based.
1: Right, right. I was gonna say I'm sure he read it and it probably resonated with him and he right, right. gave him inspiration. Exactly. Um to write um his own message. Right. You know, and of course, uh his experience with his his sister passing right. um no wait yeah yeah his experience with his sister passing obviously he related it somehow with Ted Hughes's wife uh committing suicide so um you know that that when you said that that, that gave a, like you said it gave a much deeper meaning and of it course. makes it more sad because to me the iron drain is you know I'm not a I'm not a, a much for tear jerkers not right. because I don't like crying or anything I just feel like there's other genres that I enjoy so much more. I don't need something to, to force me to cry. Right. But specifically this one, I feel had a good way of doing it. Of and it had a deeper meaning. It wasn't just a random death because anybody can cry from a death. That, that's an obvious tragedy, you know, whatever. Right. But to do it in a way where, you know, it's a relationship with artificial intelligence, a mm-hmm. human. Um, and the fact that it's not even live action because it t- to me, it tends to be easier with live action because you have good actors. Right. But when it's just a drawing. But when it's well-told, good dialogue, meaningful dialogue, as you said, it, it always got to me. I love the Iron Giant. The message is great. But now that you say that, it's kind of just like... It just puts it on, a, on another pedestal,
0: in my opinion. Of course. I know it gives
1: me a, a deeper appreciation for this film.
0: It's proof that this film has structure behind its story. And it's very... It's very satisfying. And the fact that when you think about it, that this this is a children's film, it's even that more impressive. Because it's a story four children um but it's just so expertly told that you can be 80 years old and still enjoy this film
1: right absolutely i feel that way with that movie up as well i think up is one of those movies like any age range can really enjoy right I thought it was really good
0: uh, unfortunately this movie failed at the box office did not generate enough money but a lot of that had to do with the fact that this movie came out the same at the same time as The Sixth Sense, so it's kind of really hard to go up against that. Yeah, and
1: Sixth Sense is a classic. Yeah, we, we shit on M Night all the time, but that's a movie we'll never give him shit for. Like, that's his big, that's his big movie, his his masterpiece. You can his say. only, his only, his only. Yeah.
0: But uh, what if I told you this movie was originally meant to be a uh, a musical? I'm glad it wasn't. That would have killed it. <laughs> IMDb gave this movie 8.1 Rotten Tomatoes a 96 shit man give it a 9.8 you? yeah oh so not it's short of perfect it's short of perfect because I just hate that I love you part you know when, Hogan, when the giant starts flying up I'm not gonna I mean, it's an old movie so if you haven't seen it then like, what the hell your fault so when at the, at the very end the giant starts flying away and hogarth says i love you that killed it for me you know was it like a little cringe it was cringe it was, it was unnecessarily right, yeah. cringe i agree i agree you know the giant just gave out one of the best lines in the movie and and i just explained why that that line holds weight to it right and you just kill it off with the i love you first of all he didn't even hear it so you just said that to satisfy yourself selfish uh, second of all It's like come on man Like yeah It was a bit of good. fan service Yeah I think it was a bit of like Lightening the mood mm. Kind of thing
1: Because it was so sad and gloomy And given sad. what's gonna ha- What happens right after And he has to say that I don't know if that was a way For to lighten the mood I'm not sure But I agree It felt Out of place Yeah And of that's course. why I, I agree that that was a little Just a little off Right Um, I'll give it a 9 Honestly mm. uh, I love this film mm. It's at the end of the day it being more of a sad animated film is the really its biggest pullback for me. Because, like, I don't want to say, oh, let's watch The Iron Giant. like, fuck, I don't, like, don't want to watch a sad movie. You know what I'm saying? Well, to me, sad movies are tough. I mean, it, it's
0: not really sad. You kind of have a bittersweet ending to it. Again, if you haven't seen this film, don't blame me. It's not my fault. It's yeah. on you. But The Giant does survive. The Giant is in Antarctica, and he's rebuilding. And I know that Brad Bird was considering making a sequel that never happened and i'm so happy it didn't because it would have ruined the franchise in my opinion but shit so like the the giant did survive you know it's not that sad
1: that's true but it just i guess the feeling throughout most of it is sad yeah I you know what me. i'm saying and, and again that's done, now that we know the history it's done on purpose right like it's meant to be a sap. and so it was kind of like but you're right it does you know with the i love you and then him getting rebuilt at the end and it was one of those like aha i guess you know it wasn't that bad but let's keep it real throughout the whole movie you're like on the verge of tears bro come right, on like, yeah, sure, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of what I mean is like, yeah. like do I really want to sit through it? even though it's fantastic do I want to sit through it and because of that little like doubt I think I have to give it a 9 but exactly. aside from that you better watch this movie this movie
0: great it is a great film fantastic film Um, I think Tubi has it Tubi has it for free Peacock has El Dorado premium subscription I love that that scene where he's like
1: you know he's flying up, and he's like, oh, yeah, "I am Superman." Pull your me.
0: arm up like Superman. That's
1: one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, like, it's like ever. And, man, it's just like
0: oh, it hits deep. You know what I'm nah, saying? Nah, man. Like at the very end, when he's right about to hit the the missile, the Nautilus. Like he just like closes his eyes to Superman, bro. That I was, know. Oh, that was great. Fantastic film. Hey Brian, I don't know if you saw anything recently.
1: Uh, I haven't seen any movie recently. Uh, I still got to catch up on some of the ones you've talked about uh, that have been in theaters. I got to watch Smile. Looking forward to Smile, watching Smile. yeah. But I, have, I did start Yellowstone. Okay. I, I had been hearing for almost like a good part of two years. Really good about things. How, Right, about how good Yellowstone is. And then I see that they made 1883, which is an origin uh, story for Yellowstone, a spinoff in the same world. Nice. And then now they're coming out with 1923, which is another yeah, kind of like the, the the sequel, I guess, to 1883. Jesus. Um, I'm not sure how connected they are. I haven't looked into it, but I'm a big fan of world building. I've come to learn that about myself, specifically with uh, animes, you know, that I've fallen in love with. Uh, also with game of thrones okay like, i realize i get so excited for anything related to it even if it's like you know new characters whatever because i love the world right when i fall in love with the world with you know when when an author or when a director writer whatever you want to whoever you want to credit to who, when they build a world when they give you such great exposition i have learned that it's like i want to go and con- you know i want to continue watching more and more and more and so given that all that on about yellowstone and all the good things i've heard i'm like you know what what do I have to lose? If I love it, there's a shit ton of content to watch. Right. If I don't like it, at least I gave it a shot. Right. And so far, I am not 100% hooked. It's a little bit of a slow burn, mm. but the characters are very complex, which which kind of keeps you going, you know. It's like very complex characters. They have their their different motives, mm. different personalities. It's not a cookie cutter type of story. Nice. Sorry, it's not a cookie cutter type of type of character development. Okay. But the politics behind it is is pretty straightforward big landowner like huge we're talking about generations on a ranch you know ranchers in montana mm. um and they are trying to be uh taken over by you know big corp right it's pretty simple but there's a lot of politics to it with him the kids the history behind the the name the dutton name that's his last name everybody knows it nice. that's how famous they are um he has a lot of power in that town so it's it's cool you know when you when you have the natives because the natives are around you have big corp so you have like you know the three parties at hand main parties Plus, the kids, all the different people um, doing things to putting things in motion, stuff like that. Mm. Um, interesting. Interesting nice. show so far. I'm um, giving it a chance. I'm still watching it. But I can't say it hooked me. Like, for example, you know, the Ozarks, the Breaking Bad, the Game of Thrones, you know, like those kinds of shows hooked me very, uh, very much in like the first few. Right. And I, you know, I, I knew I was going to love it. Versus you were this invested. show. Right. I was invested. This right. show hasn't done it to me yet. I will okay. be honest. But... I'm watching it little by little, and it's, it's, you know, little by little, it's like reeling me in slow. Like I said, it's a slow burn. That's a
0: good right. way to, to describe okay. it. Fair enough. And you're watching it where? Um, on Peacock.
1: Peacock. But Paramount Plus happens to have 1883, and I believe they also have 1923. I'm, I have to double check, but but for sure, Yellowstone is on Peacock. That's where I'm watching it.
0: Too many, too many dates. Yeah. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh, that was the small screen. On the big screen... I did go see the menu oh okay with Anya Taylor-Joy right Anya Taylor-Joy you have Ralph Fiennes Ralph Fiennes and Ferb short Voldemort Nicholas Holt is in this one Janet McTeer that was the I forgot her name the lawyer for the lawyer in Ozark I remember Um. good casting good casting this one I think it was very well acted I am not a fan of the direction this movie took Technically, this is a horror slash comedy. I don't think that those two genres mix very well together. I do appreciate the attempt. Um, I don't think it was atrocious, like uh, the, those two um, genres colliding. Yeah. Although I would say that it is nowhere near a horror film. Huh. It's just not. That's there's, weird. There's nothing scary about this film. That's kind
1: of how I feel about... Um the Jordan Peele films. Mm. Like, they always label them horror, but
0: they're really not horror. It's not horror. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Is it, that like a modern horror thing,
0: then? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, there's no elements except maybe one surprise, and that that's that's really what it is. A surprise. Okay. Other than that, there's no horror aspect whatsoever. So, I think... Uh, Was it getting, more
1: suspenseful than horror?
0: I would say thriller, if anything. Oh, more of a thriller. Okay. And, and even then, it's like a slow burn thriller. Where okay. it's like, okay, like, where is this going and it's not even a surprise so uh, the fact that they're loosely they're being loose with that uh that genre term I don't not like. a good look it's not a good look at all i don't like not that. a good look hollywood um,
1: recently been uh, catching l's it has been you know what uh i'm gonna say it right now man don't be surprised in the next five ten years theater's closing down hollywood's losing money studios closing down and then it's gonna be just netflix amazon prime Mm. And all of them making movies. But you know what it is? They're going to be making shows. People nowadays love binging those shows. I hate this You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. It's each their own. I'm not trying to take that from nobody. If you like a show? Cool. I like some shows. Right. But it would suck and it would hurt us deeply to have the movie industry kind of crash. You know, mm. like we, we love it. You know what I'm saying?
0: I don't think that that'll be the case because uh, not too long ago, we had the highest grossing film in Avengers Endgame Um Not long after that, or before that, it was Avatar, so it's going to be on the same path. Yeah, we have streaming services, which makes things a lot more convenient, and that'll take a lot of the money away from the the movie industry. I think it'll be a long time before that industry dies out. The the trade-off of that would be us getting these regurgitated plots, because that's what people like, and that's what makes the money, so... I think the quality is going to suffer. Right. The next five years, I I agree, the quality is going to be terrible. But this movie wasn't bad. Um, honestly, I'd give it a five, close to six. I gave Wakanda a six. Yeah. I think Wakanda is better than this one. Okay. I'd go see Wakanda before I go see the menu. Nice.
1: Next week, in honor of the World Cup that did begin. Oh, sorry. It's supposed to be. The one. That did begin today, right? We're going to be doing a soccer week. Kind of weird, kind of goofy, but that's kind of how we are. Football. Is it football? Congrats to Ecuador. Yeah. They won. They beat Qatar today. Representing Latin America. Mm. You know, neither one of our countries made it, unfortunately. But we have plenty of countries representing. So we should show show some support at least. And then USA plays tomorrow. At one. They're going to spank Wales.
0: I don't know. Maybe. I hope so. No idea. Shout out to our Wales fans out there. I believe in you. Go USA, though. Um, so, yeah. Soccer. Um, or football. You don't want to offend anybody <laughs> overseas. So, we'll be doing a movie called... The Mean Machine. 2001. And, more recently, Kicking and Screaming.
1: With Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Should be a good one. Should be fun. Will Ferrell and a pair of Italian kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, before we head out shout out to all our fans out there new fans new fans from Atlanta new fans from where did I just go where Maryland? Did I just Maryland from Maryland slash Connecticut good looking out love you guys but that's gonna do it we appreciate all the support and all the feedback if you like today's episode or have ideas for future episodes Please get in contact with us. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Our username is Film Purgatory or Film underscore Purgatory.
1: And please remember to turn on all notifications on your streaming services so you know as soon as we drop the latest episode.
0: Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.